0: Welcome to the Hottest Take Sports podcast presented by Subsports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today on the show, I have my friend Jack Vandemeyer. Welcome to the show, Jack.
1: Thanks for having me, John. I'm looking forward to it. All
0: right. So this is a big week for Cleveland. We have the All-Star Game coming up. We just had the NBA draft, and the Browns are about to start training camp. So as you know, the All-Star Game's in town. It's happening this weekend, and a lot of fun events are planned. Um, futures games this Sunday... The Indians have two representatives, Daniel Johnson and Nolan Jones, so that'll be fun to watch. Um on Monday night we have the home run derby, so looking that, forward to that. Yeah. It's a big in event. In the
1: hometown, Cleveland, Ohio. Represent. It's a big event this year. We have
0: Carlos Santana representing the Indians going against the home run crushing rookie Pete Alonzo, so that'll be a matchup to watch. And then you have league MVP Christian Yelich in it.
1: Versus Vlad Guer- Guerrero Jr. Yeah, Vlad Guerrero Jr. That's a Jr. good matchup. I'm looking forward to that. The I think rookie. Vlad could be a sleeper.
0: And then Ronald Acuna. Oh my god.
1: Versus Josh Bell. Yeah, Josh Bell. Big chunk.
0: The star from the Pirates. And then lastly, we got the biggest event of the weekend, the All-Star Game. And that's going to be a lot of fun. The Indians have four representatives now because Shane Bieber just got added to the roster. Let's go. So we have Carlos Santana, who's also starting the game. So, home run derby and starting the All-Star Game. He could... Really be a hometown hero this weekend. And then we have fan favorite Francisco Lindor up there with the Baker Mayfields of Cleveland. Yes, sir. Big star. That'll Um, be loud when he comes in. And then we have reliever Brad Hand. And he's just been lights out this year, so that'll be fun if he gets into the game. Yeah, looking forward to that in the hometown. Yeah. So that'll bring a lot of money to Cleveland, especially for Paul Dolan. He'll be really happy. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah. Cheapest GM in the the league. I
0: would not say that. But anyways, yeah, it'll be fun— like a really fun weekend, and um,
1: we're excited for it. Um, so futures game,
0: yeah, the futures game. What about
1: it? Um, looking forward to that. That's a big, uh, big thing for the Indians. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, it'll be a
0: great display of like talent and future prospects, and especially with Nolan Jones. Uh, he's in Lynchburg right now. Hopefully, we can see him get moved up to Akron. And Daniel Jones, we got him for Jan Gomes. He was the big piece in that trade. He was the Nationals' number 7 prospect last year. So it'll be fun to see him play at Progressive Field and um, see what we got, especially since Jan Gomes is struggling this year. And Roberto Perez has actually really stepped up to the plate, hitting over two forty with 15 home runs. So it looks like maybe Chris
1: Antonetti did pull off a little steal there. Yeah, very good point. And same, same with Carlos Santana, how we kind of acquired him back. He's been big considering uh, Jose Ramirez's slow start. Yeah, um, I mean,
0: it, it's more than a s- slow start, but considering in his last 17 games, he is hitting 282. Yeah, so it's good to see. Yeah, all right. Another big thing happening right now in Cleveland is NBA free agency. So it's big, not directly to us, because we're not signing anyone, we don't have any cap space. We're currently 145 million deep. In roster space right now Thanks to Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson <laughs> But it is deep because We all love LeBron James And LeBron James is making some big moves in
1: LA Yeah LeBron James uh, to that point um, There's still some big free agents out there Kawhi Leonard being the most notable um, And there's and Danny Green's of the world Boogie Cousins Boogie Cousins who I think a lot of people Totally forgot about and faded Just because of his weak move To some, and weak play, and weak play, yeah, yeah. and injuries. Actually, now, so it's definitely a concern. But people forget that two years ago he was one of the considered one of the best centers in the league. So, yeah, people are projecting him to be a
0: star in the league in a couple years, and now teams don't want to even sign him for a mid level exception. But uh, going with our favorite LeBron, he he got Anthony Davis, but if you sign one more max player, you really don't have any money to develop your bench. So what do you think would be the mess move for LeBron
1: to do in L.A.? Well, it's tough because I saw a little graphic the other day, and they literally have six people on their roster. Yeah. The so, like, as much as Kawhi to L.A. would be huge for them, it would also be kind of rough because they really are not – they're going to have a pretty weak bench. Um, like a G League bench. Like, they won't have any money. So – um I still think that's something they should go out for because, I mean...
0: If you can get Kawhi Leonard,
1: you get Kawhi Leonard. You get You're Kawhi, not going right? to not do that. LeBron, Kawhi, and AD don't even need a bench. I mean, that's, it, those are three of the top seven, arguably, maybe even more best players in the league.
0: But would it be the worst case if they didn't get Kawhi? I don't think so. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think
1: you still got players on the on the market that they can uh, go for. And while LeBron's window for uh, you know him being, him being a great player is definitely closing, um, he's still got a few years left in the tank. Um, And then there's obviously players, too, who have shown interest in wanting to play in LA if Kawhi doesn't go, like Danny Green. Danny Green, a sharpshooter who would, I think, work really well with LeBron, always shows up in in the playoffs, which would be huge. Especially in Toronto this past year, too. You saw him help lead Toronto. He was a huge piece helping Kawhi Leonard. Um,
0: There's also other teams making big splashes in free agency, like the Boston Celtics with their deep pockets signing Kemba Walker. And and Ennis cancer.
1: So that's an interesting move. Um, I think it's a great move because for years I've been saying Kemba Walker is one of the most more underrated players in the league, kind of stuck on a weak team with no surrounding help. Um, Now he goes to Boston, gets some surrounding help. But how do you think that affects the younger players on that roster? See, I don't really like Kemba Walker in the first place.
0: I'm not a huge fan of him. But I think one of the big things this offseason was for the Celtics to just give their young core a chance. Because as you saw with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that team two years ago when they faced LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals was a lot better than the team this year that they had with uh, Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah. So now they're bringing in, in Kemba and they still have Gordon. I think Kemba is just a much better leader in come playoff time. I think he'll be much better than Kyrie or Gordon Hayward. He's Gordon Hayward's been a huge flop in Boston. The sign that I like the most for the Celtics is definitely
0: Enes Kanter. They were really lacking, like, some height on the team, so signing a seven-footer who plays really hard, I really, I like that honestly more than Kemba Walker. Especially
1: with the de- the departure of Al Horford, who goes to the Sixers, and Aaron um, Baines, and Aaron Baines, big Aaron Baines, <laughs> goat. <laughs> um, no, but I, I definitely think that was a big move for them.
0: Let's talk about another big powerhouse. Um, what about the Sixers? Did they get better or worse, honestly, is the question. I think the Sixers got better. I do not like Jimmy Butler. He is not a team player. He's not a team guy. He's not a likable person. Um, he hits on other people's wives, Dwayne Wade. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. That, that's a joke. But still, like, I really don't like him. I don't think he helps with chemistry. Having three starting small forwards on your team doesn't help. So you go out and add another power forward in uh, Al Horford, who could also play center, and yeah. So
1: I I disagree and agree with, with some points he just made. First of all, Jimmy Butler, I totally agree. I think he's overrated. Um, he went to the Sixers, didn't really help them get much better. Went to the Timberwolves, didn't really help them get much better. And I just I think he I think he's an overrated person. I don't love his personality. I hate but his personality. I disagree with you on one point in that I don't feel like Al Horford fits very well. Al Horford's a good player, but they have Ben Simmons. Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid. That's a huge roster in an, in a day and age where the NBA is focused on small ball. I do not think that's going to work at and all. fast. I think, honestly, a totally underrated opinion is that Ben Simmons just needs to be traded. I don't think he works with any of those dudes. Who wants a guard that cannot shoot a jump shot? I just, not like, no thank you. Um,
0: and then you say he's a small forward, but you signed Tobias Harris to a max deal exactly. who's also a small forward.
1: So I just think I think it's a really weird combination of players, and while I don't dislike the players that they got, I think I do think Jimmy Butler leaving is a good thing. I just don't think that combination is going to work super well.
0: And you lose shooting with JJ Redick too. So
1: and they were already a team that needed more shooting. So I I think they got worse. I honestly, but I do think I wouldn't be surprised then again to see them improve upon last year just because they are getting older, getting more mature, and more chemistry.
0: Yeah, especially with their deep playoff run. And it was a really bad loss against Toronto with that shot from quiet. That was tough. So let's talk about some basketball that Cleveland fans actually care about: the Cavs. Let's go. The Cavs recently had the NBA draft. They drafted Darius Garland at five, um, Dylan Windler, Windler at twenty-six, and Kevin Porter at thirty.
1: In a trade for the Bucks, where they gave up four second round picks and a five million trade exception. So, do you think that was too much, or do you like that? Do you like that move?
0: Um. Do I like the move? I like Kevin Porter Jr. as a player, but do I like the move? I'm more of, I think more from a GM perspective that I like to build stock. And giving up four second rounders,
1: Jack, we agree that second rounders aren't really good for the NBA. They're not great, but they definitely can build upon each other and be used for something else. Yeah,
0: packaging a first round
1: pick and a second
0: rounder to move up. But instead, we traded four second rounders that we've like, obtained over the past couple years and got him for a kid who averaged nine points. With that said, though,
1: I do think both of those those later first-rounders, Dylan Windler and Kevin Porter Jr., were really because of John Bieland. He's a great developmental coach, and I think that that's exactly what Kevin Porter Jr. needs, is development. He's really raw. He's really needs some work on the technical skills, but he has all the ability in the world.
0: And if he did come out as a good shooting guard in the NBA... You could say that's a steal at uh, pick number 30, especially with not that many players ending up great at that position in the NBA draft.
1: Absolutely. If Kevin Porter Jr. comes out to be a star, we're going to look back on four second rounders and, you know, that's going to be it's, nothing. Yeah, that's a
0: steal, Kobe Altman. Exactly. All right. But what about our first pick, Darius Garland? What do you think about him, Jack?
1: So that's a weird situation to be in. I really thought they were looking at a guard there, um, or a, a wing, excuse me. Um, You, you had. DeAndre Hunter, who got sniped right before us, and then uh, Cam Reddish. You had Cam Reddish. You had Jerick Culver, who I liked. John, you didn't really like I as didn't much. I like Jerick Culver. He can't um, shoot. But so I do think the Garland is is a little bit weird considering we just drafted Colin Sexton, and I think he actually had a pretty solid rookie year. Um, one of the, definitely one of the more overlooked rookie years. Um,
0: We're both Colin Sexton advocates.
1: Yeah, I like him. But mm-hmm. so so, what do you do? With uh, Darius Garland, you have two point guards on your roster. So, you have two point guards. Does that fit? To, to that point also, they're both kind of scoring point yeah, guards, Yeah, they're too. both scoring point guards. Not
0: really seen as defensive guys either, so that doesn't help. And they both come in at around 6-3, so that also doesn't help. So, you could play both of them. You could start both of them, but... How does that help on defense, and how does that help when you have two primary ball handlers who are also primary shooters?
1: It's a it's definitely a weird, um, weird spot to be Poor in or
0: setup, but it's something that they are trusting John Beeline to handle. Yeah, with his it's,
1: experience, it's been done before. People have brought up you know maybe like, moving Colin to the six,
0: or you could run something like Portland does with Damian right. Lillard, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, two primary guards. And it has proved to work out. I think just the biggest question with that could be defense. Us being undersized on defense and then you have Kevin Love Kevin also Love, awful at defense. Not good uh, starting center. Dylan Dylan Windler. Windler not, not good, good defense. at defense. Yeah, the defense of the Cavs just isn't really looking up. You can't really get worse, though, because we were 30th in the league last right. year. Right. <laughs> Maybe that's something
1: John B. can fix.
0: Um... Hopefully. I know. But all of our players really aren't that good at defense. Like Tristan Thompson, undersized center. Kevin Love, he's just slow. Not a big fan of Kevin Love, obviously.
1: So, yeah, we both think Kevin Love should be traded. Uh...
0: He needs to be traded. He has no use on this team. We're paying him too much. If we could get him off the books and give time to younger players like Larry Nance that would
1: really I would like help that. the development. Of the I team. think the tough part that the Cavs there's they're in a tough situation because I think I think they're looking they've been looking to trade Kevin Love, but he's just not getting that much value from other teams and they don't want to just give him up for nothing. But with that said, he's obviously a huge uh, cog in the cap, the salary cap situation taking up a lot of money and he's just really not living up to the hype and he's getting older. It's just tough. And he's blocking development for younger players too. I exactly. definitely think that's one of the biggest things. So a lot of people think Kevin Porter Jr. was a steal. What about uh, Bull Bull, who goes really late at 44 to the Nuggets?
0: I was a big advocate on having Bull Bull at 26. Again, this Cavs team is a big development project. So Bull Bull was arguably one of the biggest projects in that draft, being at 7-3 with injury issues, only played about 10 games at Oregon. But I think... Uh, i think they should have taken a shot at him at 26 i think that would have been a
1: great pick the upside in the value at 26 it's like it's crazy yeah like he has the potential if he can stay healthy and maybe get a little meat on his bones like he can he has he has a shot he can shoot he's wet from (laughs) (laughs) like straight up like i think honestly like i just don't understand how you don't see the value and at least take a chance it's a second round pick 44 i mean
0: I mean, we did take Dylan Windler instead. So let's talk about him a little bit. Okay. He's the only one of our rookies to play in the summer league so far. And he's
1: been all right. I mean, yeah. he had that great first game, Yeah, which, where he scored 19 points. He was hit that deep shot. People were
0: That was all over social media, Bleacher Report, House of highlights, everyone loved it. I loved that. I mean, you got to love it. But then he did sizzle off a little bit and ended up averaging 10.3 points a game. With the Cavs also losing all three
1: games, so it kind of reminded us—pretty large, yeah—it
0: reminded really. us of the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
1: we're tanking, and it's only summer so league. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, there's no Zion in this next year's draft, so I don't know what our plan is for that. But
0: we might not even have our first round next year. We traded it to the Hawks. It is lottery protected, but guess who the Hawks just traded that pick to? Who? I don't even know. LeBron and the Lakers. The Lakers? Yeah, so LeBron could still be owning us from L.A. with our first rounder next year, so we'll see what happens with that.
1: Yeah. He could still be uh, Cleveland's daddy, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) You want to talk about some exciting Cleveland sports right now, something that's not developing, like the Cleveland Browns? (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? Well, everybody knows the Cleveland Browns right now. They're in the middle of every spotlight, NFL NFL Network, ESPN, Fox, everybody can't stop talking about him, especially star quarterback Baker Mayfield, repping his jersey right now. But one of the biggest problems right now, or one of the reasons why we are in the spotlight, is Kareem Hunt.
1: So uh, everyone knows what happened to Kareem Hunt on the Chiefs last year. He uh, got in that domestic altercation.
0: With a girl at a hotel in downtown Cleveland.
1: Yeah, in his hometown, which is... uh... Which is, I mean, yeah. cause for concern. You know, it, that's where it happens. It's not necessarily the first place you want him to be. But uh, but this weekend, um, he gets in another, you he know. He got in a
0: physical altercation with his friend at a bar in downtown
1: Cleveland, Which is not a headline you want to see. Especially with the player that the Browns are trying to develop into a better person. And the player that he's saying he is, you know, it, it does question how truthful, you know, that is.
0: What's, what's your opinion on Kareem Hunt?
1: um overall okay i mean it's first of all it's impossible to ignore the talent um that he brings to the table talents there it's never been a question um it's always been his personality and you know his character and i think that i don't think this is a situation that the browns are going to cut him i don't i think it definitely is something that's maybe being a little bit overblown but at the end of the day you have to be smart enough as an nfl player and a professional to know that you do not need to be getting in an altercation with your friend at a Cleveland bar. Like, it's a Cleveland bar. How lit could that bar even be, Kareem? <laughs> like, for real. Like, <laughs> you're hanging with, like, some old, like, middle-aged people. Like, it's just, like, what are you doing?
0: I mean, Kareem, you're at a bar downtown. How fun could it really be? And it's your friend. How... Ha- how angry could you be at one of your good friends that you guys get in a physical altercation and someone end up ends up calling the cops? Like, like is it really that deep? Is it? Yeah, really, come on.
1: That you're going to risk, like, everything that you just
0: worked for? And- I, the Browns were one of the only teams in the NFL to want to give you a chance. They're your hometown. Everyone, or not everyone, a lot of Browns fans are happy to see you. A lot of people that are domestic violence advocates are not happy to see you.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. But...
0: Yeah, he's a hometown boy. His mom's helping out the city of Willoughby. She bought a bunch of tickets for the kids there. Um, right. And it would just be great to see him play here, but, I mean, it just shows, like...
1: How, how far has he yeah, really how developed? how far
0: has he really got? How much trust does he have in the Browns? Because they're trying to make him into a good person he got baptized and everything like he's really trying to prove like he really he got baptized, baptized. he got Come baptized on, like, Kareem? he's really what are you trying doing? to prove how good of a person he is and it I, it shows his trust issues I guess with the browns like how much is he really putting to willing to put in with this organization if he wants to actually play I hope he can see the upside and, and... I hope he can play but is it really that big of a deal if Kareem hunt's not with us? I mean, we don't have him for the first eight games.
1: And I mean one thing one thing that I do wanna say is like media and everyone always likes to blow up a situation for a story and I maybe that's what's going on here. Maybe, uh, hopefully that's what's going on here. But um I don't know. I don't like looking at a player and just spotlighting every little thing that he does wrong because it's never it's not good for his mental, you know.
0: Yeah, it's not fair. Like he's under a fair, spotlight twenty four seven and he's no like LeBron James or anything. Usually a player like that wouldn't have, like, the spotlight spotlight on him 24-7.
1: So, right. so worst case scenario, let's say he he does not, he doesn't pan out, maybe he gets in another altercation, or maybe this is more serious than people think, and the Browns release him. Is that the end of the world?
0: By my opinion, I don't think it is.
1: We have a backup running back named Dontrell Hilliard,
0: and the Browns are really seeming to like him, and uh, OTAs, he balled out, same with minicab, and... They're yeah. just totally raving over him. Definitely one of the studs yeah. of OTs. And with all of our weapons, is it that big of a deal if we didn't have him?
1: No. Nah. I mean, honestly, with Nick Chubb having a great rookie season.
0: And kind of Duke Johnson. Kind of Duke Johnson. <laughs> right obviously, now, that situation's,
1: you know, to That's be another situation to talk about. I do think if Kareem Hunt goes, then I don't see why Duke Johnson. I think that's the biggest reason that Duke Johnson wants out. It's not that he doesn't like Cleveland or doesn't like the team. It's just his opportunity is we can limited. We talk
0: about it a little bit for a second. If Kareem Hunt does go, is it still broken with Duke Johnson? I think our relationship stopped with Duke Johnson. I
1: don't. I honestly don't. I don't. Duke Johnson's always loved Cleveland. He's made that clear. He signed here as a backup running back. John Dorsey well, signed him. John Dorsey signed him. He likes him. I think the biggest thing is that Duke Johnson was looking at the depth chart. He's like, okay, Kareem Hunt can do everything I can do but better. I'm not going to be needed once he comes back. And cheaper. And one cheaper mi- exactly. 1 million, He's on the
0: this- one one million dollar dollars over two so, years for cream If
1: you look, if you're Duke Johnson, there is no reason for you to want to stay. Other, I mean, unless you you want playing n- time. Yeah, exactly. Unless you're chasing a ring, but you every player wants playing time. Duke Johnson's still relatively young. He still mm-hmm. wants. He think he believes in himself. I don't blame him for that. He wants to develop more. And
0: so back to Hilliard and our weapons. Is it the biggest? Worst case scenario if we lose Kareem Hunt? I don't think so.
1: No, and I think to that point, I think Nick Chubb has proven he can be a workhorse back in the in the NFL.
0: Exactly. Last year, it was a one-man show. He, I mean, Duke Johnson really didn't do that much. We saw him a lot in the slot, too. So, is it that big of a deal? No. You have Odell Beckham Jr., you have Jarvis Landry, you have David Njoku.
1: Yeah, you got a great talent around him. And you can always find running back value wherever you go.
0: Yeah, and... This brings up something that I like to talk about. It's called my running back theory. And the running back theory I talk about is what's the difference between a good and great running back? There's obviously a difference between a Saquon Barkley and a Chris Carson. But is it really that hard to have a good running back in your system?
1: Or how, yeah, yeah. how much? Yeah. How- Are they actually that talented, or is it more the system that kind of brings them up in their development?
0: There's a huge difference between a good running back and a great running back. You have a Saquon, who's a great running back. He flourishes in a system that's just awful, an offensive line that's arguably worse. Right. And then there's good players, like in Aaron Jones, like I said before. He's not that great of a player, but he flourishes in the Packers system.
1: I mean, that's up for debate. I am I don't think Aaron Jones is a scrub by any means.
0: No, he's not. I'm not calling him. He's a good running back. But he does really well because the Packers have a good line. So you think if Aaron races. Jones
1: went to maybe the New York Giants, for example, he would be a nobody? No,
0: he would be an Orleans Dark wall. <laughs>
1: Why you got to do my man's Orleans like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but... um, No, I definitely... I agree. I agree and disagree to a certain extent. Like... You you brought up there's a ton of guys and I think everyone knows this especially in the third round, you know you guys you got guys like uh, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Kareem Hunt, all dudes that are studs now. That um, you know were third They're round picks. stars of the league. And you got even Philip Lindsay who broke out last year undrafted. Philip
0: Lindsay was on his parents' couch in his living basement in last his year. Parents and basement. his parents' basement when And he turned out call to be
1: a stud both for fantasy purposes and for the Denver Broncos. So. It's tough to it's tough to you know spend that type of capital on a on a running back in the first round when you can when there's it's proven that you can get a value in the later round. But that's where you do get those great running backs. Those guys
0: are the ones that no are doubt. great. That they, they like make the gap. But I mean
1: Ezekiel Elliott, a Todd Gurley. Who else? Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, yeah. Saquon Barkley. Exactly. I mean, it's just so there's no doubt there's a difference between great and good. But if you are running a good scheme, though, is it that
0: important to have that many good running backs, especially with the Browns? Nick Chubb is great, and I think he's only going to get better. So is it that big of a deal if we don't have another top 20 running back behind him? So I got a, I got a question
1: yeah. um, to that point, and it's kind of a different position, but Michael Thomas, to the New Orleans Saints wide receiver, I, I, he's a talented wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. He's one of the best in the league. But do you think that he is partially a product of that Saints offense? Do you think he would be nearly as dominant? Do you think he would be a first-round fantasy pick or one of the great, considered one of the great wide receivers in the NFL if he was on a team with a garbage court? If he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> with Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. <laughs> I like, can't get much worse than that. I mean, Sorry, that, that, that is kind of an extreme example. but uh, or, or to the Cardinals with Josh Rose. Oh, no, <laughs> oh, no. He's no. on Miami now. Yeah, but anyways, um,
0: Michael Thomas isn't a good example to bring up with me, especially since I'm an Ohio State guy.
1: That is true. <laughs> that is true. I just think he's yeah. part of the. He's kind of a product, a little bit of a- this thing. yeah.
0: You could say. I mean, there's system stuff, especially with Tom Brady, system quarterback. But <laughs> system quarterback. Sorry, New England Patriots fans, were trying to trigger you on purpose. But anyways, Michael Thomas. After watching him, that dude just hauls in everything. he does he drew Brees is a great quarterback he sean payton has an amazing system that's why he's been coaching for years yeah Uh, you could definitely say uh, obviously with the worst quarterback uh wide receiver is not going to be good but with the type of system michael thomas might be a little better than he is but personally i do think he's a top three wide
1: receiver in the league just because
0: of how talented he is and he showed it in his
1: college years too Something Yeah, so I agree with that. But something I just thought of is, you know what, maybe there are differences between how good a running back is versus how, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I think Aaron Jones and Jamal, uh, Jamal Williams. Williams are in the same system, but I, I think Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones is, is a better. better player. Yeah. So there's definitely a difference in, like, the skill set. I'm not going to say any running back that you draft in the third round is going to be a stud. But... The, the difference could be the system in whether they're a good player or, a, or considered a good player or a bad player, you know. there's I think there's guys in a worse system that might be a better running back than guys that are widely considered a better player.
0: Yeah, like a Jordan Howard. He's in a great system. He was a fifth-round pick. You have Tariq Cohen, who's also in that same system. He was a fourth-round pick. Do you think Jordan Howard's that great of a running back, though?
1: I don't know, but that's what, what I'm saying. I, I, don't <laughs> I don't think he's that great of a running back. I don't, I don't think Jordan back. Howard's that but good of a running back. He was to that assistant. point, if Jordan Howard was running behind the Dallas offensive line, he would be con- widely. He might yeah. be considered one of the best there's running backs, backs in the, in the NFL. NFL when he's really just you know And maybe he can't average. even catch two. Exactly. So it's it's I do like that, that theory about this. That it's, but there's obviously system. some
0: bumps that come up with it. But yes,
1: there's definitely a difference in talent. So, talking more about the Browns,
0: we had one of the worst head coaches
1: in the history of football. Do we even need to say his name?
0: I don't want to say his name on the podcast, but you know I am. Disgusting. His name is Hugh Jackson, (laughs) the lamest head coach
1: (laughs) in the history of the NFL. What? Two wins? Two wins. Yeah. Oh my god. Hugh, you outdid yourself. Two wins. You have to try. You have to try to be that bad, like legitimately.
0: All right. So anyways, about Hugh Jackson, you're asking, why are we bringing this fool up? He's gone, let's just forget about him. Well, our one friend, we don't have a name for him because we don't want to get him in trouble, works at a local ice cream store. And Hugh Jackson, throughout the years he's been here, has come into the ice cream store and got an ice cream. So you're saying, why is this a big deal? Everybody likes ice cream unless you're lactose intolerant. And um, it's just a big deal because... Of what he gets Tell him what he gets Yeah So every time (laughs) Hugh Jackson comes in According to our friend Ladis He gets A vanilla milkshake Alright And There's not much
1: wrong With a vanilla milkshake Some of you would be like What's wrong with a vanilla milkshake
0: It's a vanilla milkshake It's so plain Hugh
1: It's so plain Just uh, like uh, his uh, tenure uh, With the Browns (laughs) Just boring
0: It's a vanilla Get cookies and cream Get cookies. Spice it up a little bit If you're gonna go Plain go chocolate it's not hard, Hugh. It's obviously not no. just your decision making on the field that's bad. It's your ice cream decision
1: making too. He just fails at everything he does. Like...
0: <laughs> okay, uh, that that's that's okay, A right. little, a little overstating, but like, come on, Hugh. A vanilla milkshake. That's gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. Oh man, Hugh. I don't, I don't know what the NFL gonna do with you, but I mean, I think
1: he's done. There's no way anyone could hire that. <laughs> I mean, just getting getting vanilla milkshakes on top of it all. You look at yeah. Right, give me your resume. Oh, uh, two wins. Okay, all right, fine. You know what? The deal breaker. We walk into an ice cream shop. What are you gonna get? You say vanilla, vanilla milkshake. milkshake. What nope, are they gonna we're think not of hiring you? you Hugh? Nope. Gone out the door. Bye. Have a nice day.
0: <laughs> all right. Thanks you for giving us something to talk about. Uh there's not much
1: good to talk about with you.
0: So that's going to be all for us today. Thank you, Jack, for coming on the show.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to doing that again.
0: And now our producer, Matt Rosenthal, has something to say.
1: All right. Thank you guys for making it this far and listening to the Hottest Take
0: Sports Podcast. Uh, You can find this on iTunes or on your favorite podcasting app. Uh, Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our weekly show. Also, make sure you rate the show and
1: leave some feedback. We need that feedback. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all again, and uh, we'll see you next time.